When it comes to comfort, I'm all for it. Give me some nice shoes, nice clothes, a nice environment, lifestyle, and, all, and a nice chair for my job. And I'm in comfort. And I love it. But being comfortable does not mean there will be no problems. Sometimes we need to be comforted. Listen to this young boy. His name was Ronnie. He was about to go into kindergarten. He told his dad, Dad, I think I'm going to be sad today. And his dad looked at him puzzled and says, Ronnie, why do you think, why will you be sad today? Because teachers give out lots of hugs when you're sad. The lesson is called comfort. The first point is the people or my people. There were times in Israel when the people needed comfort at the moment they were in. It happened when they were oppressed. It happened when they were in drought or as we know, they were in captivity. They sought for comfort or to be comforted. God, where are you? Of course, God had never left. But sometimes those situations in life were God's way to say, hey, you need to repent. You need to change. So I can give you some relief. Other times... Prophecy taught about a future comfort even before the situation happened where they were uncomfortable, as in Isaiah. Give us deliverance from a future event. The prophecy was deliverance will come. You will be comforted. God knows what his people need. Even the promise of comfort. Now Christmas for many is a time of needed comfort. Food, I find a lot of comfort in food. Family, the idea that the Savior came I think offers us all the comfort we should want. But there's many, especially at Christmas time, who don't have a lot of comfort. There's an ad out there that always comes up, generally not too far after Thanksgiving, definitely during the Christmas season. It's, uh, you may have seen it. It deals with a Jewish and Christian alliance to help those who are poor in Israel, the Jews. And uh, the, used to be done by a man, an older man, but his daughter took over. And she basically does the same thing. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. She quotes Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1. And then in the pictures and in these ads, you see these very elderly Jewish people. And they're living in a shack, basically. And they get a box of this food. And a note in it from Christians and Jews, or Jews and Christians, for a blessing. 
Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Isaiah spoke to a time of Israel's deliverance from Babylon before they even were in Babylon. There will be a time of comfort coming. But you got to turn to me and repent. This is where you're heading. Now, the New Testament teaches that this comfort comes through the Messiah, as we see in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 and following. The future comfort wasn't really about coming out of Babylon, though that was comfort, was it not? The people returned to Jerusalem. They started building their altar. They started building the temple. They built the temple. They fell down on building the temple, and then uncomfortable things happened to them. They built the temple. Then they fell down on building the wall, and uncomfortable things happened to them. Then they finally built the wall. But the New Testament teaches that this comfort in this context really pointedly is not about the return to Jerusalem from Babylon as much as it is about the coming of the Messiah. Listen to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. A voice cries in the wilderness. Do you know where I'm going with that one? We've done a lot of studies. It's about John, the forerunner of Christ. A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken truly. Was the glory of the Lord the temple? In some respects it is. As where God has pictured it for us to understand how to worship. But the true glory of the Lord that John the Baptist brought is not the temple of the old. It is Jesus himself. And God's people will receive real comfort because of Christ's work. What's the comfort that we get? One thing is peace with God. Peace with God. The second point of the lesson called comfort is alongside. Have you need, ever needed someone to be there for you? Have you ever needed someone to be there for you? Have you ever gone through difficult moments? Generally revolving around a type of loss. Loss is a big emotional thing. 
Have you ever had somebody come up and give you a hug? Walk with you. Go alongside with you during your difficult time. We call those who go alongside counselors, comforters. Job chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Now when Job's three friends heard of all the evil that had come upon him, they came each from his own place. Eliphaz, the Temanite, Beldad, the Shuite, and so far, the Naamathite. They made an appointment together to come to show him, that would be Job, sympathy and comfort him. And when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him. And they raised their voices and wept, and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads towards heaven, and they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. Often I'll tell somebody, when you're in dealing with somebody who's in great suffering, especially at the moment, it's not a good moment necessarily for a speech. It's a good moment for a hug. It's a good moment to sit, to wait until they're ready to talk. In the Beatitudes, if you are reading the current newsletters, I'm on the second one. It happens to be Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourning is real for people who suffer loss. If comforted, they will be blessed. But there's another kind of mourning, and it comes from sin. And this sin separates people from God. Israel knew this in the past. Were they jubilant when they were on God's wrong side? Or were they in mourning? Do you think the Jews of Jesus' time when he gave this passage understood this concept? True mourning comes from being separated from God. As well as mourning of a physical loss. So what does this comfort mean? It means someone will be alongside with you. It does not mean the pain goes away. At least initially, eventually it will, or subside somewhat. In our pain and in our challenge, someone will be with you. You see, we're comforted by those who go alongside with us. Who want to be there for us as we journey through 
uncomfortable times. Times of loss. God promises something great, doesn't he? He'll be there for those who mourn their sins and repent. Do you recall that nice picture? Somebody walking in the sand and there's two footprints, but it turns to one. Where were you, God? It's a picture of God being there alongside with us. And, but in that scenario, he's doing what? Carrying you. He's comforting you. And if he's carrying you, you're probably debilitated in pain of some sort, right? He's comforting you in your pain. That's where true comfort is found. That's where blessings are found. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The third point is with truth. We've lived under the influence of our society so much that many of us are afraid to speak the truth. Do you agree? Unless it is politically correct, you can't say it. So, what's one of the first things that became politically incorrect? The truth. You can't bring the Bible to school. You can't talk about the Bible. It can't come from anybody but a student. Oh, that's a sh if a teacher brings it up, boy, they can get fired. Because that's not right. Only a student can engage in Bible study. Hogwash. Hogwash. Let's take that to court and see if it really comes through, if you're daring enough. I enjoyed that statement you said earlier, Lee. This little story called The Forced Truth, I think you'll like this. A woman and her husband were invited to a very wealthy aunt's house for a dinner party. And of course, evidently, the husband might have been like me in the sense that she had to say, let's be polite. <laughs> let's, let's not go off the bean a little bit. Just be nice as we have this dinner party. And he said, okay, I will. So with that dinner party, she served a cake, an original recipe, probably before the time of sugar, who knows. And the cake was terrible, just terrible. And he said, after being asked by the aunt, what did you think about the cake? He says, I must say, this is the best cake I've ever tasted. On the way home, the wife brought up a point, says, honey, I just asked you to be polite. I did not ask you to lie to my aunt. And he says, well, sweetie, I did not lie. I said, 
I must say, <laughs> this is the best cake I've ever tasted. Are we a people who say God's truth even if it hurts somebody else's feelings? Now, I don't mean being mean, but the idea, will you offer comfort to somebody concerning God's truth by telling them a lie? Do we say, so many things that could deceive somebody into thinking that they're just right with God? Even when it might be blatantly untrue. Falsehood, like comfort from a friend, can also go alongside us. And that's why I had Christian read Romans this morning. From Paul's words... In chapter 7, verses 19 through 21. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. That's the same concept as when somebody comes alongside you to comfort you. They're close at hand. You see, when we're dealing with things of truth and matters of God, the struggle we deal with in our mind is the evil that we've got to constantly fight against. It's always alongside us. Or as Bill said this morning, do you drink your own Kool-Aid? Well, that Kool-Aid mix might be mixed with the wrong things to begin with. So we're supposed to go here. Not necessarily always here. Paul struggled with himself, he is saying. What's within me is alongside me. I struggle to do the right, but I know what I must do. But it's a struggle, it's alongside me. In that case, it's not much comfort, is it? We can counsel ourselves. We can use our own particular conscience and say, my conscience is clear. Well, but if it's evil, as Paul is talking about, your conscience is not a very good counselor. Is it? So we must judge it by here. As the saying goes, hurt me with the truth, but don't comfort me with the lie. 
I accidentally did this, but I'm going to use this slide as my closing points. First, the lesson is called comfort, and I hope you have received comfort. If anything, knowing that alongside you is Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He cares for his people. He's alongside his people. And he offers his truth, the truth, to his people. If there's anybody here this morning who has any needs, prayer requests, or otherwise, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.